What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. That's normal. 90 to, some studies say 90% of the information that your brain is processing is a result of like what you do, images iconography, graphics, that carries the lion's share of the message across. But that other percentile is the part that gets the credit card actually out and helps them punch in those digits and lock in that spot with you. And that's where the copy comes in to pull it over the finish line. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJeso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm hanging out with Ashlyn Carter. She is an entrepreneur, international speaker, mentor, and marketer. Ashlyn Carter is the premier expert for copywriting for creative entrepreneurs. She's the founder and CEO of Ashlyn Writes, a copywriting business and marketing curriculum source for creatives. She's worked with major brands, marketing efforts, including Delta Airlines, Sonofus Banks, Ford Fry Restaurants, and supported entrepreneurs, including Jenna Kucher, Amy Porterfield, Julie Solomon, and Beth Kirby of Local Milk, and also us at the Milky Way. Ashlyn lives outside of Atlanta and convinces her husband and toddler to go out with her to grab tacos weekly. So without further ado, here is Ashlyn. Welcome. Lisa, thank you so much for the intro. I need you to just narrate my life with your beautiful, syrupy, sweet speaking voice. 
Well, I'm so excited to dive in. We had the pleasure of working with you you earlier this year, and it was an incredible experience. It was so seamless. You've got a great system and an incredible team. So I'm super excited to share you with our audience. So tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about. Yeah, I adore my job. I love what I do. I feel like I am half right brain, half left brain. So I know enough about creatives to be able to work in this space that um, I'm able to bring what I have done for years, which was writing and being in the corporate space, working in that kind of marketing capacity. But I always wanted to work with all the time I did that, I did wedding calligraphy on the side. And so I was going to all sorts of wedding and creative meetup events all around Atlanta. And bit by bit, I started to see that people didn't love selling themselves. No, it can be hard for us. And I was like, wait, that's hard for some people. Like what? You're so good. Like, just give it to me. Let me see what I can say about that. And bit by bit over time, I went for it and wanted to work with a niche that didn't really have anybody that was claiming to help them with copywriting. So I know there's that business advice out there that's like, don't go into a completely like blue ocean if there's no, like you don't know that there's any proof of product there, but did it anyway. And God has been so good. And I love what I do now. You nailed it. We have about um, half the businesses and agency side where we do services for entrepreneurs. And then I also am so passionate about teaching people and giving them the tools to be able to get out there and sell themselves. You're the CEO. You need to be able to sell yourself better than anybody. And so I love helping creatives do that. I love that. I love that so much. And we loved like our experience with you because we have worked with different copywriters in the past. And what I loved was your copy strategy and your process. Now, can you share a little bit how photographers can start thinking about creating copy that connects with their ideal clients and even where they should even start? Love that. One thing I really like, I noticed this when I work with photographers specifically, I think because you guys are so keen on the interpersonal workings of a service provider relationship. Like you even said before we started talking, like you rely on visual cues. You guys are just like, that's your science. That's your craft. So one thing that I see that like an easy place for photographers to start. I have a YouTube video out there somewhere on it if people want to go deeper. But that inquiry response is one place where I think like you've already got the lead that far in. Like let's ramp that sales copy up and make it work. And one thing that I always see because you guys are extreme noticers of activity, like you just have a radar, but sometimes you don't say it back. So in that inquiry response, one thing that all of you that are listening can do, make sure that you're stating the cl- the potential client's problems or mood or feeling back to them. Just helping them understand that you see them, you hear them, you know what they're going through. This is your bread and butter. You've done this a million times before. That's one area that I look at a lot of like inquiry responses in that, plus trimming down the CTA, the call to action of that first email to like, click here to book a discovery call or click here to see the pricing guide instead of giving them all sorts of different things. Just drill it down, make it really easy for them, say their problem back and bring it down to like one thing. That's just a little, and obviously we can talk about all sorts of places that you have copy in your business, but that inquiry response, that's sales too. And you need to be able to reel that customer on in. I love that so much. It's so true because I think I'm actually in the process of rebuilding my photography business website. It was hacked in January and I lost everything, which is actually honestly no. a blessing in disguise. I hadn't oh, updated it. Very since, good outlook. <laughs> it hadn't been updated since 2015. And so it oh. was like, I kind of was just like chugging along, like it's still booking clients. Okay. But I was like, okay, well, this is like an opportunity like to just 
burn the house down and start from scratch, yeah. right? Like we're yeah. building a brand new foundation. And so I'm really trying to be so mindful about what I really want to put out there, yes. how I want to present myself, who I actually even want to serve. So I've, yes. I'm actually taking a sabbatical from photography for about six to eight months just to figure everything out and like restart my business. So it's awesome. It's really fun, but it's really been so interesting. I'm like, well, I haven't been built a website since 2011. Yeah. So it's like, like a what, Swedish massage. It hurts right. so good. Like, like yeah. I, it hurts so good. Like, mm-hmm. and so it's really stretching my creativity muscle of like, okay, like, because when you look at so many different websites out there, sometimes we just give clients too much information and it's not a simple pathway of, hey, okay, man. this is what your problem is. This is what you need. And here is how I can help you. Yes. And yes. I, so I'm really interested in diving into that a little bit more on creating mm-hmm. that sort of easy roadmap for clients just to naturally say, you're the perfect fit. Exactly. And I love how you said too, like we should, I firmly believe that these tools, I I like working with the creative industry, specifically females so much, because a lot of us are, you know, we do this and we're moms or wives or sisters, sisters, daughters, we've got other things that we're doing. And so I firmly believe and am passionate that your website has got to work when you can't. It needs to be sustainable. Like you need to have sustainable marketing in place that, so what? Maybe you do update your website and like tear the copy down to the studs, redo it, but it, it can work for three years where you don't have to worry about it because you did the due diligence of making sure that you're understanding that potential customer's journey and leading them through. Then it like, that's great. I want people to be able to set it up like a top spinning and then go over and do the traffic because then you've got to push the people yeah. to that website. We've got to let them know what you're doing. And I don't know about you, but it's very hard sometimes for me as a small business owner to do like traffic and reels and all that stuff. <laughs> know. And then at the same time, like build the thing and yes. provide the service. So I have to segment my brain out. So I definitely need my copy to work when I can't. And I hope that um, that's what my students and my customers are able to do as well. Yeah, I love that because your copy ends up becoming something that you are automating, really, because you're automating Amen. yourself, right? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. you're making a salesperson. And so, yeah, that's it. when you start thinking about it that way, it's like it's someone who's actually working for you instead of just yes. like, here's love something, that. like, here's my portfolio, book me, and here's like my price. It's more of, yeah, it's, so it's like just switching your thinking and your mindset on that. Mm-hmm. So I love to tell photographers that, no, your art does not always speak for itself because your art yes. is so good, but it needs, there just needs to be another little layer to yeah. pull them over that finish line. I love that because that was actually my next question. So why does copy matter so much beyond just the pretty pictures for photographers? Yeah. Well, and especially to, I feel like sometimes people love to like give the copywriter a zinger and say like, Ashlyn, I don't read all the words on websites. Like, no one reads all the words of a sales page. I'm like, yeah, you're right. 20% of the copy on your website is read. 90%. Yeah. Like you're like, me, I don't read it all. I have students tell me that all the time. I'm like, uh-huh. I got you. Ashley. I'm like, like where's the buy now? button? Where's the buy button? Yes. Yes. And the thing is that is, that's normal. 92, some studies say 96 of the information that your brain is processing is a result of like what you do. You guys do images, iconography, graphics, that carries the lion's share of the message across. But that other percentile is the part that gets the credit card actually out and helps them punch in those digits and lock in that spot with you. And that's where the copy comes in to pull it over the finish line. And so I tell this to people too, because I do, I talk a lot of, about a lot of copy formulas. I know we wrote a very long form page for y'all because like three to 5,000 words, 
those exist because we all have different buying styles. Some of us need the emotion. We want the story. We want the faces and like that riles us up to buy something. But others of us need the facts. We just want to get to the point. Mm -hmm. No fluff. Like tell me exactly how this is going to work. We all have different tendencies. And so if you can set up your website, your pricing magazine, your if you do have a course or presets that you sell, your sales page to be more of a, a book or a menu where people can understand, oh, this is FAQ. That's me. Oh, this is the part I want to, I want to hear stories about how this has worked for others. So you have a, more of a menu for people to choose from whatever their buying style be. Um, and so that's why copy is important because your clients likely are coming from different different vantage points. And a lot of times we, as the entrepreneurs, sell like we like to be sold to. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. you got blind spots. And so it can be helpful to make sure that you're including a little bit of copy that works for different types of personalities. I love that. That's great advice. So what would you say would be three things photographers can do like right away after listening to this to start creating copy that resonates and converts? Okay, that is so good. So the first thing, clean up that inquiry response. That's just like, you can do that quickly. I know how I, my husband always jokes on me. He's like, Ashlyn, you always write down how long something's going to take you and it's always double. So (laughs) that at least, yes, always. (laughs) Hopefully that's one task that like truly will probably not take you more than an hour. I have, sometimes I'll finish trainings and somebody's like, I'm going to go update my whole about page or my whole homepage. And that takes me a long time. So what I would say next A great next step is choose one page on your website. If you need tools, please, I know we'll talk through like links and everything. I firmly want to have at least one free tutorial for like every kind of copy out there for people, but pick one thing. Maybe it's your about page. Maybe it's your services page. Maybe it's your homepage and aim to go through it in a week and see if you can update it. Don't do that in a day. Mm. Like give yourself some time. That, like, if you can do a good clean out and edit, I'll even say too, don't start with the homepage. That is, that's the page I write last in client projects. That's the hardest because you're trying to talk to, maybe if you still do wedding photography and you do newborn photography, trying to talk to all the myriad of people. Start with a page that's more drilled down and give your, throw yourself a softball, see if you can clean that up as well. Those are probably two things I would recommend you do. A third is, set up a listening system in your business, like a rhythm, whether it is if you've got a chat box on your page, you're going through and you're maybe once a month copying and pasting little snippets of what people say. I think a lot of times I'll say this, like it's a copywriting axiom. The best copy is it written, it's assembled. And so much of both what we wrote for you, what I write for myself is a collage on paper of what I'm hearing our clients, our customers say mixed with what I want to say. And that's just a result of marinating in what people are saying and like becoming an addict to listening. So if you can set up a system, whether it's, you know, once a month reading through all the chats that come through or once a month combing through your inquiries that came in and like, are there any sticky little phrases in there that you're like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought to describe my newborn experience like that. Those are the kind of things that you want to pull out. Mm. 
but that's not something you want to just like do once a year. You need to be regularly doing that. So I try to automate that as much as I can in my business. So when I am ready to go and just, like I said, marinate yeah. in it, it's all sitting there. I love that. Can I, Cause that's nail on the head for me. Cause I opened up the, I'm like, I'm going to build this and show it. I'm going to try something new. And I open it up and I start building like the main site and I'm like, Oh no. Oh yes. no. The what do I write? So intimidating. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm like, okay, okay I'll throw in a bonus <laughs> tip. Yes. Don't start, don't write in the website development tool or design tool. Copy dictates design, not the other way around. So if you can pull yourself out mm. of it and write on, and I, it's, it does seem more fun and sexy and easier to like go and just show it because they're so pretty. The templates that right. people have out there are so beautiful. But If you can figure out the messaging hierarchy on black and white paper, not fancy, and import that and let that dance with the design, you will have a much, much stronger page. But um, I get that it's hard. I love it. I I always like to jump straight into the design too. Like I said, we're visual. We love that kind of stuff. As a photographer, I'm like, oh, because I start with this this design with someone else's photos and I'm like, this will never do. I'm like, I need to put my stuff in here. I need to put, like, I I don't even know what this is going to look like, but this can't look like this. Yeah, it has to be my work. (laughs) I love that. But I love that because that makes so much more sense because I sit there with their words and my work and I'm like, this is not working oh for goodness. me at all. So Yes. That's like ultimate writer's block. If I'm starting yes. and I'm seeing other people's work, I mean, it gets me in a weird headspace. Like yeah. I have to step away from, I have to like put myself in a different headspace. Sometimes it's maybe really, really early in the morning and yeah. maybe really late at night, candle, cup of tea, glass of wine, cup of coffee. Yeah. Like I have to step away from the tool because- I will let that influence my work. And I struggle. Everybody is their own hardest client. So you're going to be your hardest client when you're trying to figure out how to write your own website copy. It's how all of us are. I love that. Now, many photographers, they really struggle with copy because they feel like they're visuals, maybe not writers, whether it be for their website, their emails, or even social media posts. So what advice do you have for maybe working that writing muscle if it's not something that comes naturally to you? speak it, Mm -hmm. speak it into, um, I open up my voice recorder so many times and just talk something out, play it back, type that. I transcribe calls. That's, I was talking about listening to your inquiries earlier, but I'll send off pretty much every call we do to rev.com. I know there's like, to me, there's lots of tools out there. That's like a dollar a minute to transcribe. I personally, even though I write all the time, I can talk things out sometimes better then I can write it. It may take me a roundabout way to talk through it, but there will be little snippets in there. So if you're having a hard time figuring out what to say, talking it out and then typing that. And I say that because we're at a place in market. You remember like, I mean, it was even like 2015, 16, we all wanted our Instagram feeds like just so curated mm-hmm. and, you know, so perfect. But we're at a place now, it's like the, the pandemic happened. Like, yeah voice and look at how many ads pop up on your feed that are user generated content. Like brands have understood now, like strip off the petite or strip off the like, yeah, all that. we just want like, they want somebody to just like talk to them straight. Yeah. And so it is a great time to use your actual voice in marketing. Don't worry about like having this like super buttoned up professional, you know, be professional, but let yourself be true to who you are. Yeah. In your voice, and again, speaking is sometimes the best way you can figure out what those little isms are in your voice and in your brand language, and you can put those into your copy. I love that, and that's one thing. Like we've really, like I've always struggled because I'm like I'm not overly wonderful with grammar. Like I and you, like you said, like I love hearts and I love exclamation points and I am goofy and. <laughs> 
Yes. And so when we were working with you, I was loving that, like, instead of being like, no, 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 this isn't okay. It's like, yeah, this is awesome. Let's embrace this and bring this out. And like, just, this is who you are. This is fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Just turn that. on good old Grammarly, which is free. Do you use that tool? <laughs> yeah. I look, I used the free version for years and finally I was like, you know what? I'll pay for it. Like I do this for a living. I have a team. I should pay for this. <laughs> I, I'm actually terrible at spelling and grammar. And so that having those as like safeguards to catch, because I've got, I got, you got to get the first draft out. Yeah. You got to get the first, the second, the third, and the fourth draft out before you ever get to something that's like polishable and worthy of being out there. And so, yeah, it can be a mind game. So I want to dive in a little bit about probably that happens in the photography industry. I know what happens in the entrepreneurial space too. And that is plagiarism and copying another photographer or a business owner's words, their website and all that. So how do you avoid doing that? Number one, and what do you do if that happens to you? Number two. Okay. This is so great. I am clearly not a lawyer. Actually, yeah. fun story. When I used to say, like I would go into groups, I told, I mentioned like how, when I was starting, nobody was doing it in the space. I would go into Facebook groups and say like, does anybody have any questions about copywriting? And people would say, oh, thank you. I already have an attorney. And I was like, not that kind of copywriting, you know, but so while I am not one, the first thing I would say is you, you know, if somebody, and I know it happens a lot, like you will find your copy stripped and on somebody else's website. I've heard from photographers that has happened. The first thing would do like have your attorney um, be able to craft a good cease and desist for you to use and just send that along that it doesn't have to be. Sometimes people just find it like that's actually happened with my photos before. Yeah, us too. That is very, yeah, it's an easy I don't want to say easy. It definitely hurts the ego and it, you know, there's a whole mindset thing with it, but at least you can take care of it. There are, there are ways to take care of that, but on the front end to pull yourself out of ever being the kind of person that is doing that. Cause sometimes I don't know about you, but like as an artist or creative, you get ideas and you don't Mm -hmm. know where you got them from. And so the most helpful thing to me is to look completely outside my industry for snippets and ideas People that follow me know I talk about this system. I talk about it because I use it all the time for myself. I call it, for lack of a better word, copy banking. And I am constantly looking. I mentioned the word collage earlier. I'm like always looking to collage little phrases and snippets. So even if I'm like, go look at mattress websites, purple. What are all these like? There's so many like delivery. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Mattress services that are like, go look at their copy. How did they sell? How do they form Bowen Branch's website? I know they do sheets. Like, go look at how they describe the experience, the lusciousness of the sheet, you know, the silk. Like, how do they do that? And what are some little phrases or snippets? Can you copy stock what they're doing? The luxury car market, the candle market. Like, can you go and then make a big collage? Make lots of snippets and phrases and isms and words, and then start to look at that and how can you layer that in your copy. I have a running list and mm-hmm. I on iNotes, and I if I hear something, whether it's like in a sermon, in a book, on a podcast, an email that comes in my inbox from you know some random, I'm constantly pulling phrases. And I'll, I'll say this too: sometimes people have asked, especially in like emails, how do you sound like witty or funny when you write? And I'm like half the things I'm like weaving into my copy or like, I don't know, I saw like a 22 year old on TikTok say it and it was funny. (laughs) And like, I have figured out a way to like make it work for my brand voice. And so, you know, that phrase still like an artist. Yeah. I think it's my favorite book. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You want to learn to be exactly like, I love that book too. He's so good. Yeah. You want to learn how to be like that in your copy. Cause obviously you can't learn if you don't 
good copywriters are good readers. So you do have to read a lot and study a lot of good stuff out there. But that's how I jettison myself out of any kind of copying nonsense is trying to push myself to look at completely different industries from my own. I love that. There was a TED Talk and I think it it was a TED Talk. It might have just been an interview, but it was Mark Ronson and he was about sampling and like in the music industry, how they, they sample other pieces and they make it better or they do something with it like there's That's this it's so interesting you got to check it out and we'll put the link I in the show notes it is so cool it's just so interesting how instead of just taking something and yes. just stealing it it's like okay this this inspires me and how can yes. I make this my own and make it better yes. and make it totally unique with my own spin? I love that. And I yes. thought that was just so fascinating, especially when it comes to... I've mm. got to look for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how can you add to the greater body of work out there and, you know, make a variation on a theme and just push the industry along, yeah. you know, in a positive way. That's how we all, you know, like grow as a society is when we spur one another on yeah. towards like getting better and better. I love that. That's great. Have you read the book Hooked? It is okay. It's called Hooked, and I think it's called Hooked. I I will link it in show notes too, and I'll send you a link to what it what it is. But basically, it is like how things become popular, and why, and why it works in the human brain, and marketing, and like the whole thing with it. And it's like the formula of something that is both familiar and new, and like has that feeling of nostalgia, but also freshness. And I was like. Oh my God, like this blows my mind because I, I just, yeah, I nerd out on that stuff. Have you ever nerded out then <laughs> on the kind of thing about like nostalgia and marketing? Yeah. He probably talks about it in that book. That's really interesting to kind of, even as like when our age was growing up, I feel like now I'm seeing a lot of, you know, 90s mm-hmm. culture come back in style. And I remember hearing like there were 60s, like Rolling Stones music used in car ads because it was it was the age when the guy they were marketing to was like coming of age. And so that like hit on a kind of exactly yeah. what you said. So that's kind of fun to play with in copy too. Like how can you intersperse little bits of like sticky nostalgia that yeah. works for the person that you're trying to market to? I've tried, I've played around with that in copy and it's so fun to it do. It's so fun. Especially like I'm a yes. GIF lover. I love me. If they're GIF or GIF, I don't even know how do you say them. I love I all of them. All of them. I love them. <laughs> Yes. Yes. And those, some of those people ask me to like in copy, like, how can I use that? And like, go for it. You, like, you can use them on sales pages. You can use them in emails. Just be careful with, you know, you always want to yeah. watch your deliverability yeah. and make sure that you're not killing the game as far as getting into inboxes goes, but they're so fun to they're use. So fun. I love them. So what pitfalls or cliches should photographers avoid when it comes to their copy? Yeah. If <laughs> cliches. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if it is, just, if you think it's a cliche, leave it out. Swoonworthy, looking at you. But I think, again, just trying to maybe like one of the one of the easiest things to do is try to be more specific in your writing. So that's one thing to do. I'll get back to that in a minute. But and using um, action verbs as well. So less words that are kind of ethereal is being, been, was, you know, like words like that and use like. Use verbs you can see, swimming, you know, I used marinating earlier. If you can think of it, all you, I mean, just like a quick internet search, like action words can help bring you ideas of phrases that you may not have said before with that. But I really just think like, like I was talking to you earlier, if you can push yourself out of the industry and let yourself like, what a fun business afternoon, like let yourself just meander around the internet 
and collect words and don't go to your dream photographer, the the person you aspire to hang out with. Don't go to their website, go to something completely different. Push yourself outside of the, I want to create memories you'll treasure forever kind of vibe and um, see what comes of that. Also, if you can look to like adjacent industries. So for your audience, I love to research Artifact Uprisings Mm -hmm. website. What is that? I'm blanking on the name The where you can like submit your photos and old, you know, videos and they'll convert them. Like how do places like that take the concept of selling memory and nostalgia and that heirloom quality and how do they package it and see if there's any ideas you can get from that. I love that. Now, what about, okay, there's something that, that's new that's been in the industry and it's the AIs. It's the, you know, the Jasper AI, these things are popping up. And it's funny because sometimes like I'll get the, my team will submit something and I'm like, was this written by AI? And I'm like, and I'm I, like I don't it. know why I feel like that, but what is your opinion and your feeling on AI copywriting? Oh, Lisa, such a good question. I've never been asked this on a podcast before. Okay, so I did a whole video. I was like, you know what? This is something copywriters are afraid of. I'm going to jump right in it. And so I tested like eight or nine different tools and I did like reviews on all of them. I just wanted to see. I think they're very, very helpful. Like at the end of the day, great, very helpful. I think they get a good first draft out. I would never take something that they say and just like pump it out there. Never. I always want to be like the human element in there. They can, they can listen well. They like listen to what you put into the system. Like to use Jasper, for example. And it can crank out great, again, I mean, it's based on algorithms, right? They'll pull in ideas. That's the word I'm looking for. It will aggregate concepts I didn't think of together. And I love that. That definitely shrinks the time that it takes writing. It can clean, we talk, I mean, even like Grammarly, that's an AI tool that can help clean up your writing. But at the end of the day, when I was talking about being the person that just like sits and dwells Mm -hmm. and listening to what your people are saying, I would never outsource that. I still am the one that reads our annual like customer surveys. If you send out a survey to all your clients, I I will never outsource that because I have to be the one that's sitting there and knows that so I can add it in. So I think those tools, especially you mentioned captions earlier, blog posts, a lot of us have to blog our work and your portfolio work, and that can take a lot of time. So letting an AI tool take a first draft at that and then polishing it up, that can be that can be wonderfully helpful. Yeah. Interesting. I like I like that because what I, I have I've tried it a couple times. So like I I always want to try the newest thing that's coming out, right? So I tried. I was like, okay, well maybe I'll try it for like maybe like a YouTube video, like coming up with uh, like what what am I going to talk about? Like you yes. tell me what like. And so I thought it was really interesting because some of, well some of them I was like, oh you don't know my industry. <laughs> I know I know Lisa's same thing. That's so funny you mentioned. Okay, if I shouldn't. Preface it with that. If you're trying to get it to write about something that like, you are a true expert in, mm, I have not seen it. I'm like, <laughs> no. oh, honey, no, 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 no. Like, I'm way too opinionated. I've got my uh-huh. own thoughts on like what that should be. If you're truly a practitioner of your craft about something, yeah. don't let the AI tool write no. about that. No, because it's it could so be like and question it. it and question the AI. Like, it's yes. like it may not actually be correct because some of the things that they they came out with, I was like. 
Uh, definitely would not recommend that. No, that's a hard no. But have you found titles? I've used it for like video titles, I and I was like, "That's pretty. That's pretty not dang bad. good. It's it's not yeah. bad." Usually, what I do is I can tell, and I I need ours to be like a little wordier. Like I just need yeah. I need them to be more descriptive and pretty. Like yes, I don't know. Yes. Like, you know yes. I totally I get exactly what you're saying. Fun tool to play with. Fun for tool. Sure, though. Fun tool. Yes. So, how could photographers start to find their copy voice? Okay. The best thing I, I have a tool out there. If you Google like Ashlyn Wright's brand voice, because I think the hardest thing is it's like balloons floating around. And if you can just pull them down and tether them to earth and like actually get your voice on paper, sometimes that like makes it quit being so mysterious and hard to figure out. And so, you know, we, you do that with your brand color palette, with your mood board, you know, you do that so well with other pieces of your business, but a lot of times we don't do that with our messages. And so I think that's the first place to start. I talked to my students inside copywriting for creators, like that's where we start before we ever try to write the pricing magazine verbiage, the services page copy, we'll start there. So to figure out your voice, one thing you can do if you've ever done videos, interviews, been on a podcast, transcribe those, like send that off to be transcribed, see back, like you want to start to pull, what are your isms? What are your mm-hmm. Lisa isms? What are things that you say? Go back through text messages, go back through emails with your favorite clients that you worked with, the ones where you're professional, but you also, you know, like let the parks and rec references come in there, whatever it is that's unique to you. The first place is like mining your own data and yeah. listening to your own voice and pulling those words out. Another thing you can do is put your like a blog or caption into some sort of like website tool that measures voice analyze. I think it's analyze my voice, analyze my text.com. I'll have to give that to you so you can put in the show notes (laughs) after, but it's interesting to see based on like, what is the cadence of your writing style naturally? Are you naturally superfluous and have lots of words and kind of run on sentences. <laughs> what you do you oh, use lots me. of commas? <laughs> yeah, like do you and we all I mean think about like the way that Apple and Nike's copy is like just straight, you know, it's like yeah. cut, 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 cut. Yeah. Because that's how like Nike's copy looks like Nike because yeah. it is it's actionable. And then an, another brand like maybe like a Tiffany and company is probably mm. not going to be like that. So that can be helpful is to um, strip the emotion out of it and just look at how, what is the framework of your copy? What does it look like? That's something when we're working with clients, we have to try to learn that first, because that's one thing when you were talking, you're talking about copying earlier, you can tell if something's off with a brand's voice, if it doesn't like match the product or the the face of the brand. And so doing those two things can really help starting to pull that bank of your isms together, going ahead and looking at analyzing your own data, figuring out to the last piece of that, what are your like brand standards? When you say, do you always say new board photography services? Do you say I don't, however you say it, what, what letters do you capitalize? Like you're the boss, you're in charge. And so creating a style guide of your proprietary phrases, how you use them, how do you say hello? How do you sign off? Just codifying that Mm. can be so very helpful. And especially then if you start to bring on somebody to help handle customer service or client concierge, they can use that style guide and replicate how you sound. I love that. I was actually talking to a friend yesterday and she's like, I just don't know how I can teach someone on social media to respond or to sound like me. So I think I love that is creating that style guide. So you are, I guess, essentially replicatable. 
Absolutely. And that's helped me too. Mm-hmm. I, we do the same thing. Because I I'm, I hold on to things with a white knuckle grip as well. But that's um, me. <laughs> we can't grow our businesses if we can't. No. Yeah. And you're that's sometimes the hardest thing to give up is like, yeah, like how we talk to our people. That's so sacred to us. Yeah. So hopefully that's a tool that can be helpful. I love that. So you have a course on a copywriting for creatives. Can you share a little bit about that? I do. It's my baby. Besides my human babies <laughs> and my dogs. I love it so much. I started, like I told you in 2016, I was working so much with creatives in the space I wanted to, but got to a place where there were more inquiries for brand messaging and web copy than I could take on. But I also know that copy is expensive. <laughs> it's very expensive if it's done right, because I mean, the copy is the tip of the iceberg. Yes. There's the, the amount of research and data mining that goes on is tremendous. And so if you can't sell yourself, if you can't tell me why you do what you do, why you take the pictures you take better than anybody else that does the same thing, maybe even in your city or does the same thing and charges less, like you've got to be able to tell me why you're different, what your mm-hmm. UVP, your unique value proposition is. And so that is what copywriting for creatives starts with is helping you figure that out, helping you codify your message into a brand messaging style guide, and then taking that, learning how to listen to your audience, whether it is surveys, whether it's calls, whatever suits you and your personality type best, and taking that and packaging it into the keystone pages on your website and getting that launched. That's what the program is all about because I just firmly believe that that's something that just because you, you know, can't afford, that's by outsourcing copy, a lot of times people inadvertently outsource the sales psychology yeah. that they need to know as the business owner. And so if you, even if you've been in business a few years, I think that kind of thing can be so valuable. And then I think copywriters should be hired in to rev up what's already out there working. Actually, that's what we did. Mm-hmm. Once like there's proof of product, there's proof of service. We know something is working. Like let a copywriter get in there and like tear it up a little bit and like yeah. see what we can, how can we raise conversion rates on some of that? But yeah, copy is expensive. So yep. if you can, and, I, and I, I've seen so many students be completely capable of doing it themselves. Like you just might not have had the tools. So that's been really fun. Actually, I, I have a call later this afternoon with students and I love seeing like a wedding cake designer. And I'm like, who wrote this? Yeah. I'm so jealous of the copy. She's like, I did. Oh my gosh, I you like it. killed it. And so that's the best thing yeah. is seeing copy that I'm like, oh, I wish I wrote that. I know, right? Which, I love yeah, that. It, I love it. happens a lot. It's so. like when students are like creating their, like these amazing pieces of art and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah. It's the coolest, best, best feeling. So are you ready for our lightning round? Oh, I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. I try tea. I try to be a tea person. Give me coffee. I'm just not. I like leave it on the counter everywhere. I just like will be such an Anglophile. I would love to be. Yeah, but I do the same. I let it get cold. Yeah. Most luxurious vacation you've ever been on? I would say we have loved Rosewood hotels, and there's one in the Bahamas that we really liked. That's like probably like my big goal, and just my husband and I, like just the two of us, like no kids, just be able to look at one another and talk and dream a little bit and be creative. So um, I would say there's one in the Bahamas that we went to, and I was like, this is everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. What song gets you on the dance floor? Oh, my goodness. September. By who? By, what is that? Earth, Wind, Fire? Earth, Wind, Fire? <gasps> Any like jam band or that's not jam band, like uh, yacht rock type music from that era. Yeah, parent trap soundtrack, like that kind of music. Mm -hmm. Get me on the floor. Oh, I love it. Yes, I love it. Okay, Mm -hmm. so favorite TV show as a kid? As a kid, 
probably can I say like the OC? Like was that kid? Yeah, that's ages? kid. I mean, yeah. like high school. Yeah, high school. That's a kid. Younger than that. Yeah. Hey, dude, was that on Nickelodeon? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I know. <laughs> Definitely millennial shows that <laughs> are out it. there. I love it. Yes. So, last thing you did for yourself as an indulgence. That is somewhere where I need improvement. So we can see each other right now as we're talking. One thing I always do is pick a picture of or print out something that I want. (laughs) And then like that. So once I complete my next like business goal, that is hard. Like the the thing that is probably hardest for me to do right now that I want to like run away from because it just takes brainwaves. If I can give myself like a goal. Okay. Ashley, when you finish that, you get to order those shoes. Oh, I love yes, it. Like that's, yeah. I'm, that's something that I do like as a productivity hack or trick. I wish I could say I'm better about getting massages and yeah. all that, but I'm terrible at it. I paint my own it. nails. I, I do love a good face mask night on I Sundays. Do. I've been trying to do like, sure. I, I do them. I try to do my like ritualistic, like Sunday night self-care night. And so yeah. if at least I get it for like once a week, I'm doing good. <laughs> yes. And it's so it's kind of fun to like turn on an audiobook mm-hmm. and like paint your nails. Yeah. And I do the same. It's so fun. So morning person or night owl? Morning. Yeah. Yes. What did you want to be when you grew up? I remember one time saying like I wanted to be like something different every day of the week. Classic entrepreneur, I feel like. Yeah. A lot of us would be like same <laughs> still now. I'm like always gonna do all the things. <laughs> yes. Probably like more seriously. My mom's a teacher, and so she always told me, you could be anything but not a teacher, like jokingly. And then, so I think it's funny now um, that I have elements of my business where I teach, like, mom, gotcha. But a ballerina, I studied ballet for 18 years, and um, that was my dream. I love that. I love that. I love getting to know our guests. That's so fun. (laughs) So what makes your soul light up? Oh, my goodness. Quiet time in the morning, praying and reading the Bible. Like, I just, maybe it's because I've got two under four. And I think sometimes just amidst the noise, just being quiet and still has my favorite time of the day. Like I love that time. And if I don't get it, everybody can tell. <laughs> so I would say like that, like, even if I can like make it a whole thing, cup of coffee, candle, sit, journal, read the Bible. Oh, just the best. I love that. Now, what has been the best piece of business advice you've ever been given? Oh, that is really good. I would say... Play, like figuring out how to play the long game mm. has probably been the thing that served me best. That's what I'm, I'll interpret best as like what's actually served me best is constantly trying to tune out the noise and think like, if I'm playing long game, what would I do right now? And then I don't know if this is me all the time, even though I have like all these plans and notebooks and everything. Sometimes I sit down at my desk and I'm like, but what do I do like now? Like, what is the thing I need to do? And my business coach actually told me recently, she's like, where do you already have traction? And number two, actually, there's three elements. Where do you already have traction? What would bring in finances in the next 90 days? And what, what was the last part of it? Oh my gosh, I just had it and now I can't remember. But that that has been helpful for me too because sometimes I do sit down and I'm like, wait a minute, what is the actual next thing I need to do? But I'm like, okay, where Ashlyn, where are you making a little bit of progress and yeah. what would actually help like bring help keep payroll going and everything like that? So that can that can be a helpful tool to kind of whittle down all the tasks. And sometimes I want to do the thing that's like, come on, that's not so important right now, but 
And I need to remember that. It's funny how we have to reel ourselves in. Because like for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I just want to go do the easy, sexy task. And then I'm always. like, I'm done for the day. I'm done. I'm done. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Always. I have to like ask to improve my business yeah. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So where can our listeners learn more from you? Yes. Well, ashlandwrites.com is my website. We have the copy bar template shot there. I have a YouTube channel. And like I said earlier, I genuinely want to have at least one piece of free content out there that teaches how to do something. So if there's a tool you can't find after six years of blogging and making videos and all that, please, please email me and my team and we'll point you in the right direction, whether it's an about page you needed help on or a welcome magazine or pricing guide, whatever it is, um, would love to be able to help with that. I love that. So I love to end my interviews with this last question. And it is, what are you currently curious about or artistically curious about? Oh, I love that. Okay. Here's my answer. Needlepoint. Oh, yes. It is such such a fun little hobby. I tried to do a keychain and I did that. And then I've tried to expand my canvas size. And it is so fun to just like sit on the porch with a glass of wine after a long day and see, I think probably it's because you see visual progress. Yeah. And we do so many things that, you know, you vacuum, you wash the dishes, it's right back the next day. But um, you can see the progress you make when you need a point. I love that. Well, Ashlyn, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been it's such a treat. Yay, Lisa, this is such a delight and an honor. Thank you. Oh, my friends, what a wonderful conversation. So my friends, it's homework time. I would love if you would go and check out your current website copy. Does this highlight and showcase who you are, what you represent, and identify who you want to serve? And if not, it might be time for a bit of a copy overhaul. I'm in the process of doing that for my photography business too. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for showing up here, here, and every single week. I am so honored you carve out this time for us to hang out together. I am sending you so much of my light and love today and every single day. We'll see you next time.